Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for September 27. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. In our changing world, the words, in God we trust, are fading into the mist of time. We're now living in a brave new world where, in the West, powerful and influential voices believe they can chart a path to a secure future, even though it may mean silencing freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Such experiences are not new. In the 6th century BC, God's ancient people found themselves in a world of uncertainty and confusion. In 586 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar had sent his army into Jerusalem. The city was destroyed and the stones of Solomon's great temple raised to the ground. Nebuchadnezzar's conquest devastated the Jewish people. Their national pride was in tatters and the religious faith was challenged to the core. For they believed that their God was the one true living God, sovereign over all the gods of the nations. And yet, he had allowed this to happen. An important part of Nebuchadnezzar's strategy in developing his empire was to take the cream of the Jewish people to Babylon and provide them with a top-rate education and cultural program. Today, and over the coming Wednesdays, I am touching on key themes in the book of Daniel, under the title, A Changing World. Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, and verses 18 through 21. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace, and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And now from verses 18 through 21. At the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better 
than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Nebuchadnezzar expected exceptional men like Daniel and his friends to welcome the intellectual and cultural challenges of the three-year program. However, Daniel drew a line when it came to the food menu. In verses 5 and 8 we read, But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the royal rations of food and wine. The words, Daniel resolved, suggest he was wrestling with his conscience about Nebuchadnezzar's plan. The result was that he made a personal determination to take a stand on a principle. He said no to the feasting. Daniel may have stood firm on the matter of food, because in diplomatic circles, eating a meal with someone usually implied an alliance. As a member of a nation that had food laws prescribed by Yahweh, the Lord, that loyalty came first. And there was probably something else. Daniel was surrounded daily by dozens of temptations to turn away from his walk with the Lord, temptations to which he knew he might well succumb. If he was to remain true to the Lord, he would need great self-discipline. He could not afford to let himself be softened up by the king's hospitality. There may have been nothing morally wrong with enjoying the delights of the Babylonian royal cuisine, but it symbolised a threat to his own spiritual commitment. Significantly, as Nebuchadnezzar's program progressed, Daniel's decision was honoured by God. You might like to think about this. If we're going to live as believers in a changing world where God is dismissed, we need to have the wisdom to identify temptations that could threaten our faith and the courage to be different. Let me encourage you to pray for God's wisdom and grace in identifying where it would benefit you to make a stand and at the same time challenge others around you. You may also find it useful to read the whole of Daniel chapter 1 and also alongside that Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 through 32. So let me pray. Almighty and eternal God, by whose Spirit your people are governed and sanctified, receive our prayer for the many different members of your people, that every one of us, in our life and calling, may truly and devoutly serve you, through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and April Marks, a member of Christ Church Presbyterian, San Francisco. The prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The opening and closing music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.